0: Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies uh, today. Now th- we we very rarely do this, but we are not going to go for a walk today because <laughs> it is so so wet outside. Torrential. Like, it is like insane rain. Um, so we're going to drive down. We're going to hop in the car in a minute, uh, and we're and we're going to drive back. But we are going to see Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. That's the full title. Rolls the off the tongue. Only part one to be released this this summer of which there are many to advertise its part oneness in its in its title
1: I'm pleased they've done that it's
0: putting its cards on the table yeah. this is not a complete yeah. story here we'll, you go we'll we're looking reserve, at you across the spider-verse and Fast X
1: we'll just reserve judgement until after you have seen it as to whether or not that was a good idea I have my doubts um, but we've been waiting a long time for this movie. Um, any long-term listeners will know we love the Mission Impossible franchise. It's probably our favourite action franchise.
0: I think beat for beat, think for me this is the best spy movie franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, go suck at James Bond. And it just that, has those movies are boring.
1: It's gotten better over the years, and that's coming from a really high base. Like the first movie was really good. We actually re-watched the first movie. When the most recent film came out, we excuse me, we rewatched the first film. I think it was around episode 150, 160.
0: No, no, it was one episode we looked I looked it up a minute ago. It's episode one hundred and seventeen of this podcast is when we went to see Mission Impossible Fallout five years ago. Wow. And right after that episode, we went back and watched the first ever Mission Impossible on the Euro Train in honor Eurostar. of Eurostar. Eurostar. Uh, in honor of that so we were clung to the top of the Eurostar just like Tom Cruise with our baby actually it was
1: quite cool and uh, we also about seven years ago watched all of the Mission Impossibles that had been out today back to back we love them that's
0: not a podcast episode we just just did it it was before
1: (laughs) before before we kids Um, (laughs) I can't wait for this film we're totally excited what are the things there's like a list of things you expect from a Mission Impossible
0: right Tom Cruise doing something crazy that he did in real life absolutely yeah um Number two, masks. masks. Yeah, masks. masks. You gotta have lots of masks. So basically, anytime I watch a Mission Impossible movie, I'm I'm just looking at every character in a scene and thinking one of them is Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, at all times. Which one is it? Or somebody else wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or
0: they've also done this historically. Um. Someone is else is wearing a Tom Cruise mask. Yeah, epic. Yeah.
1: Um. There has to be really good use of the score.
0: The score? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the score is pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the music's very iconic. Well,
0: it's from the era of just brilliant TV theme tunes. Yeah. And they, I like that they've carried it forward and owned it.
1: There has to be a mission that is like laid out for us. Here are the 10 things you're going to have to do in this sequence in order to make this heist work. Yeah, and, and then, then we... the first
0: three will go wrong and they'll have to improvise.
1: Yeah, and we yeah. but we'll know every step of the way. Um, and then there also has to be Tom Cruise with a mildly concerning age gap with a younger woman and he has a kind of weird mix of a fatherly slash romantic relationship with them.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, this, But this has two potential women for him to have awkward fatherly slash love interest relations okay. with. Because we've got Hayley Atwell joining the franchise mm-hmm. here, I like her. and Rebecca Ferguson is back as well.
1: And I've seen the trailer, but you haven't. No, which is unusual. Yeah, and it's a cracking trailer, so oh, yeah? I'm pumped. Yeah. Well,
0: I try to avoid trailers for movies. I know. I I'm would going normally,
1: to see- but like the Mission Impossible one came on when I was at something, and it's just a pure action trailer. It's just the music. Yeah. And okay. then Tom Cruise jumps off cliff, so like it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, the,
0: the other thing you always have to have is the mission briefing you know you've got all these little hallmarks from the TV show like your mission if you choose to accept oh yeah yeah it, this message will self that. Seconds. like what I love about that that show which um I, I, I used it. to watch as a kid on repeats with my dad Leonard Nimoy was in it um it was uh it had all the it had had all the things a lot of the things Did it have the face that we just described yeah they had the faces Fun. but it was a lot less sophisticated you'd have the camera someone would like put their uh, finger under their chin and and then the camera would pan away, and you'd move back, and then they'd be throwing <laughs> a completely different thing off. It's a different actor, um, but it had all those things. It had your mission if you choose to accept it, and it had this this uh, table self destruct in, in five seconds. Can't wait. You know, so they've carried all that stuff through, and but they what I uh, admire about this movie franchise is that it it has evolved so much mm-hmm. over the many years while well, keeping those sort of hallmarks. Yeah. and tend and it oh now it's just in a in a competition with itself to yeah. one up itself and yeah. I love Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise yeah, for that
1: yeah I do as well right we are right. off Let's to watch go. the Into movie the uh, with the incredibly long name part one and we will see you after bye Bye. our lives
0: are the sum of our choices and we cannot escape the past Ethan this mission of yours is gonna cost you dearly.
1: The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. It's been a long time, friend. No idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends.
0: Hi, we're back. We're back in the car. We've just seen Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, we don't spoil the movie. We're going to give you our general thoughts and uh, opinions on it as we drive home. Gonna to have to take a little bit of a longer drive home because we've got a lot of opinions. And then we will spoil it when I indicate. Uh, for Spoiler Street Which will be clearly indicated By the sound of my indicator Right Cathy As as passenger I'm going to focus on driving for a little bit You tell me What you thought of that movie
1: I Really Liked I loved About the first Two acts of this film It had everything I wanted From A Mission Impossible It had the masks It had um all the stuff we were talking about it was really fun and then unfortunately for me I felt like it dragged a bit it got very baggy in the middle of the third act and I think what was dragging me down in part was the fact that I knew that this movie is a part one so I felt like I think it's because it's the third... I think it's the third or fourth part one of a franchise we've seen this summer already.
0: Yeah, so I, we had Spider-Verse... Across the Spider-Verse, Fast X did it. We had Dune do it a couple of years ago as well.
1: And this, this... I just... I don't know, as it was kind of gearing... I feel like it actually... The the film lacked impetus because they're clearly gearing up for there to be two parts to this. It didn't have... Um, and I'll get into it more in Sporting Street it didn't have one of those really classic elements that i look for in a mission impossible where there's like a really detailed description of a mission that's going to be done it actually was well, was missing uh, that
0: well can i say with no no plot spoilers here but i think they're they set up what that mission is going to be for the next film
1: yeah but i don't want right. it to be set up for I the know, next i know i know it's frustrating i actually felt cheated yeah, like yeah. i really mean this when i say that the top gun movies are early this year in that, that was respect, last year. was that last year? Yeah, that was last summer. Wow, well, that was the
0: biggest movie of last year. I have
1: no sense of time anymore. <laughs> that that had, in terms of setting up a mission that needs to be completed, that film had a better mission.
0: Yeah, well, the difference is that film did the mission. Well, yeah, <laughs> this film doesn't do the mission. It is, it is just, it's not Mission Impossible. It's just impossible set up to the mission and I just I mean,
1: mean specifically what I'm talking about here though was one of those scenes where they're like we're going to do 20 things and here's how we're going to do them and then it happens that's the scene I was missing in this film now, other I, than that sorry, go on. I loved I think he does an incredible job Chris McQuarrie with these movies of like you're in a scene whatever the scene may be and I loved all the set pieces okay what are all the things that can go wrong with the characters here and yeah. there might be like there's this whole sequence on a train which is fantastic where there's like don't 50 say it, don't things say it. go wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like no one has a minute to catch their breath. And that happened throughout the whole film. Like so, in that sense, taking aside the one big mission, the whole film went like a series of impossible events that the characters had to overcome, I really enjoyed. I for all the weird stuff about Tom Cruise's private life, he's such a movie star. He commands the screen. He He's brilliant. He's brilliant in these films and he is phenomenal in his uh, commitment to doing stunts and I love that he does the stunts himself like nothing gives me more joy than watching Tom Cruise like doing a crazy stunt I think Hayley Atwell's brilliant I love um, Rebecca Ferguson I think she's fantastic and I like that the kind of his older crew were back in it as well and I love the callbacks to the first Mission Impossible so overall I had a really good time with it and for the first like two thirds I was like "Today, Dave I love this film I'm so happy but I think it's just it's just another example of the bizarre, the bizarre choice of making films two parts. Cause the other thing that I think where they're ha- gonna come into trouble with themselves next time is, cause it's hard enough to get people to the cinema now these days. Like the next time people who might have missed this one for whatever reason will be going, well, I can't go and see that one cause I've not seen the first one. Like I feel like you're creating a marketing or attendance issue for yourself.
0: Unless they re-release the movie in cinemas for a short run. But, so, but people, don't
1: people don't have time to go to the cinema twice though. Yeah, so. like, yeah. And the movie's long, it's too long. Yeah, it's very long yeah. and I think that's part of the problem. So compared to like how excited I was five years ago or a year ago coming out of um, The Last Mission Impossible or a Top Gun, I don't have that same level of excitement and I think it's because I just feel a little bit bogged down by all that. That being said, there are incredible set pieces in this film. I love Taylor Atwell as an addition. Like I'll speak We'll speak on Spoiler Street About the stuff that I really loved But there was some Really really cool stuff in here Um, But yeah I think Overall The I don't understand The I genuinely can't see A reason for Why they made it Two films
0: No And I I totally agree with you I don't think I don't think it's justified And what's More confusing Is that Mission Impossible Rogue Nation The fifth one And Fallout The sixth one are essentially sequels to each other. They have the share of villain. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson's in them, um, and they are separate, complete movies, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't see why they couldn't have just done that here, um. And I don't, and it, the movie feels a bit, the pl- the plot feels kind of stretched out. Yeah. We've got a MacGuffin, but it feels incomplete. The promise of what, the big thing is. Is, I don't know is it a year or two years away. It's it's not satisfying. So yeah, I agree not justified do it um, I thought this I was really entertained. I thought this is really good. I had a lot of fun It did tick a lot of boxes. I thought Hayley Atwell stole the show. I thought anytime her and Tom Cruise were on screen together Their chemistry is fantastic. She is brilliant. She's the standout. She plays uh, vulnerability and, conf- and competence together really well. It makes it for a very interesting character and uh, she's fantastic. And I love your, your point so valid about like the reason these movies are so fun is because it's all about the adaptability of these people in these moments because it always goes wrong. It's always best laid plans, never go to plan and then you're watching them make make it up as they go along and try and recover it and that is exciting mm-hmm. and interesting I love that yeah um, I think this movie is too long I think the um, script is not very good there are scenes upon scenes of really clunky exposition characters upon characters in rooms talking about things things the thing the thing and this is the thing and we need the thing to get the other thing it is really over, over unnecessarily over engineered and complicated um, the I'd like to speak specifically about um, in spoiler Street about the I think Rebecca Ferguson was short-changed in this movie Yeah. both her character and her as an actor um, and I think they really dropped the ball on that um, but yeah, and, and I agree, it, it sags, it's a saggy, sag, it's got a saggy middle So I'm like, it's not a slam dunk, Fallout was a lot better yeah. um, But, it, but the indiv- there's some individual elements here, which I'd love to talk about in Spoiler Street Which are genuinely fantastic, like brilliant action scenes, a few real standout moments uh, So yeah, look, it delivers as an entertaining film, but I just feel it's a bit unnecessarily drawn out by the two parts, which makes it really suffer.
1: Yeah, and you're right, it also is too long. Like, I was getting uncomfortable sitting there, I was like, this is, like, I don't know that I've ever been bored in a Mission Impossible film, but there was, like, about 10 to 15 minutes where I was truly bored, and that really surprised me, because at the beginning, I was so excited and so pumped for it. And we're gonna go to spoilers now for... what's it called?
0: Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1.
1: Right, spoilers now for Mission Impossible: (laughs) Part (laughs) One. Dave, indicate on the spoiler screen.
0: Okay, indicating. Here we go. Hear it. Did did that come through? Okay, last warning now. Last warning. Full spoilers for half of this movie, or half of the the two movie. You know what I mean? Um, Part one.
1: And let's just say all other Mission Impossibles. specifically Mission Impossible One.
0: Yeah, we might spoil any of those movies. So yeah, sorry if you haven't seen them. Yeah. Um Yeah, Ketrid, Ketrid is back. I love Ketridge i was so he's happy. Brilliant. He's I, absolutely brilliant.
1: I though I said to Dave, "Oh my god, he's still in these movies." And Dave's like, "No, he hasn't been in it since the first one." That I didn't remember.
0: You said you've got such a bad memory. So many times you've said to me, it's like, "Oh, he's back. Um never been in the movie <laughs> movies before." <laughs> I like, love the like man though. from Boardwalk Empire. The the US military guy who was chasing him
1: I just presumed he'd been in previous movies because me- they kept making out like him and Ethan had a relationship yeah, yeah they
0: made it out yeah. but they also make out that, that Gabriel has this long history like if we were just coming to this you were like oh my god he's got this long standing feud with Gabriel um, that must be running for all the movies no it's like that's just all like we've never seen anything from before Ethan's past before he joined IMF so they're introducing all that stuff we also don't have any insight yet as to who that woman was There's always a woman There's always a woman That Ethan fails to protect And and and, and this is where I think The movie falls over I think Firstly Rebecca Ferguson got fridged 100% <laughs> fridged um,
1: Define fridging
0: Fridging is When a female character Dies um, To drive The male character's um, Arc or conflict forward Right So yeah. she dies to serve His emotional moment right and he's presented with this choice where there are two women in your life firstly one of them who you just met i
1: like know Gis i was today. like he just met halia <laughs> so i was just well, like, like
0: why does he give a shit
1: like um, i know he's a nice guy and like <laughs> they have like but like she multiple times left him to die so yeah, i don't quite know i'm like
0: i don't buy it now now they do they both do a lot of work in this movie to sell that they've got they've got a bit of a bond and they're cracking on screen together like when they were handcuffed together in that chase scene brilliant. it was brilliant yeah. but yeah come on I'm like I really don't buy this emotional dilemma you've just shoehorned into this movie also you've introduced Haley Atwell who is great but it's like at the expense of Rebecca Ferguson already I'm like there's not room in this movie for these two characters Rebecca Ferguson got nothing to do except die um, so Ethan can have a sad moment um,
1: no, in fairness, she got one cool thing, very cool thing. She got to pull out a sword and have a sword fight on a bridge.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of cool, I guess. But, like, I, I mean, like, it didn't land for me, the emotion of this. Also, like, the Fallout made a big deal, the last movie, of, like, reintroducing his wife at the end, his actual wife, who he left behind. So it's just, like, Ethan's only emotional drive here is, like, just, like, wanting to protect women which is super like I don't know
1: no in fairness patriarchal. I think his drive in this film is to protect the world from an evil AI <laughs> yeah which I'm also sick of AI so as <laughs> soon as they said AI as soon as they said AI was the villain I was like can we not I actually found that boring
0: I think that I think this movie is lacking a villain yeah because Gabriel good good actor good performance And I guess they really tried to do a lot of work by making it seem like there's this emotional, like, connection to Ethan's past. But I don't know about any of that. I don't really care. Yeah,
1: and he wasn't bad. Gabriel's just like, I'm sorry, but I'm here to serve the algorithm. Like, at no point did he feel like a villain.
0: And the script wants you to feel that because Ethan says something like, he is the most cold, calculated murderer. He wants to see people suffer. I saw, saw none of that. I didn't see him reveling in people's suffering. He's just very cold and logical, like the... And, like, what's his motivation? Why does he want this machine to win? And maybe we get some of this in the next movie, but... But, like, that's why this is an incomplete movie, because I'm like, I didn't really buy Gabriel's motivation. Um, I... I thought... I thought the AI thing... I thought they... It's... it's
1: I work in marketing and communications, right? ChatGPT is my enemy. I don't need to see another AI enemy.
0: <laughs> I I mean they would have written this. This movie was delayed a lot. They would have written this probably right after the other one, 2019, nineteen, twenty twenty. I d I don't I don't think when this was written AI was in the public consciousness the way it is in twenty twenty three. Um so I think it's just a coincidental timing of of this well, thing. Yeah. But but I actually think it's a bit lame but I
1: want it like what who I want to be the villain is like Kitteridge or someone I need a human villain That like I've seen before That I have a connection with So the villain piece We're both in agreement Was crap
0: But can I say my butt? Yeah I, I think Yeah I'm not Not particularly exciting And a weird interesting left field For a Mission Impossible movie To basically say The villain is Skynet um, Which is a bit sci-fi But also Quite close to home I guess But I actually think the movie Handled that Whole stuff pretty well I actually found The Entity Which is a lame name seemed pretty scary and terrifying as a as an existential threat but you need a face for a villain yeah that and you need uh, and, and it just really wasn't there in this movie
1: yeah agree and um, so okay villain wasn't good now in fairness villain wasn't on our list of things we need for a good mission impossible we had just kind of presumed there would be a villain and um, the masks nothing Truly, nothing on cinema gives me greater joy than watching people rip masks off in an official vision of Osiris. And there's some
0: good mask action yeah, in this one.
1: Very good mask action, so I enjoyed all that. Um, there were so many good set pieces in this. Now, the desert one, though, the opening kind of desert piece. That
0: was unnecessary. 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 We've Wasn't seen really it. That good, We've
1: seen that him anything. in the desert when he's done the whole Dubai one yeah. and the sandstorm. So I was like, absolutely not. We've seen a sandstorm. Cut that. cut that out. Yeah, cut it out.
0: But also, don't put Rebecca Ferguson in this movie.
1: Have her, there's, Again, she doesn't need to be here. She didn't. Now, she, I'm sure she disagreed. She probably got paid quite a lot of money to be in it. Oh sure, but like she doesn't drive... She
0: doesn't serve any purpose in this movie except to create a loss for Ethan yeah. that's it and that's un- unfortunate and
1: then he went to like find her in the desert and there was a very boring shootout scene and then it's like oh she's dead and then five minutes later it's like don't worry she's not dead which is also just a boring yeah, that no was a boring it. double take now the scenes though that were these are the things I think were fantastic the scene where Ethan's wearing the mask pretending to be uh, your man's like butler and then and is listening to the whole thing about the Entity and then like gives your man the mask to put on gives Kitteridge the mask and then then at the end he shoots Kitteridge and has a Kitteridge mask yeah that was fun that that is exactly what I want I loved the whole sequence uh, when he gets Benji and his other friend um, Luther. Luther when he gets Benji and Luther when they're all controlling the the cameras the and airport. stuff the whole the, airport the sequence. airport scene
0: was fantastic but
1: the airport scene is like classic Mission Impossible from end to end I absolutely love that love that including Benji trying to do the bomb and Luther doing the like facial recognition and making other people them think other people are Tom Cruise like that is also, like was perfection ge- it was
0: genuinely thrilling yeah. like when the whole bomb thing it's a bit lame but like it Was different, it was a little bit different with the riddles. That the AI, I thought that was where they played the AI nicely, where you got the AI just playing with them.
1: The AI had a bit of personality, like,
0: and I like that. I like that it's, um, I like the idea of, uh, which is a little, um, uh, what was that Uh, Alex Garland show, uh, recently with the AI that could predict the future, you know, the TV, dev dev, dev, yeah. Uh, It was a little bit dev. I felt like there was a little, a little of that thrilling, the idea that the algorithm can predict human behavior um, and ex machina is a bit like that as well. I thought that was interesting and I thought it was, um, uh, I liked I liked that as a concept and I liked that Gabriel had that sort of kind of like, I can kind of see the future probability yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, the, that airport scene was fantastic. The other great, I thought the Rome chase uh, was brilliant and they they did they did went down the same <laughs> steps that Fast X went down surely it right? was, it,
1: I was like I've watched this movie this summer we already we saw Vin <laughs>
0: Rames go down or, or Vin Diesel go down those those steps I swear backwards in a car as well surely Absolutely. right someone but, please tell us that that was the same
1: step and there's also a massive dam breaking thing in both however I think this film shows up because fa- like one of the biggest problems with Fast X is like how silly it is and uh, the the tactile car sequence of the two of them in the handcuffs in that tiny yellow car together that was they played it so perfectly it was a very humorous film a lot of that was very funny
0: yeah you're right the tone was very I thought the last one maybe the last two were actually a little bit more serious particularly the last one this one felt like it brought some of the comedy that I think hasn't really been present as much since maybe Ghost Protocol the fourth one that like there was a lot of levity in this, and I actually thought it was excellently done and, and well handled. But the key, just to dig into the key difference here between um, Fast, you're right, the Fast movie and this, I thought the Fast movie Rome chase scene was also very good. But the difference is Vin Diesel can never be seen to not be in control of the situation yeah, at exactly. all times. This, this is way more fun when Ethan is like. Trying to figure things out It's just like And him and Ailey, Hayley Atwell Hayley Atwell like Can't drive properly And doesn't want to Like in a fast movie You've got the hacker Like who also can't drive Like gets into a car And just can drive then Can drive in a car chase Like Hayley Atwell Driving around that roundabout Was so funny Oh to wait me. The whole cinema was laughing And, and so perfect And, and like and then I just thought that the the so the, the sort of stakes of that were so elevated by having them be handcuffed and just having them try to navigate this this situation um, in then like in in this yellow car as well. I mean, I thought it was really yeah. funny and well handled. <coughs> really and
1: funny, character. and then when he ended up in the and then he ended up in the tunnel, the train tunnel, and then she's brilliant. like, Bye. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, really, really brilliant stuff. And the other
0: brilliant, brilliant scene in this movie is the i thought the 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 stunt with the motorbike and the parachute is only interesting and i think this is a failing of some of these things because you know he did it yeah because it's not really that interesting to look at
1: but it is interesting because you know we did it though that's what makes it interesting. Separate but those. if you
0: don't have that behind the scenes context it's not the most impressive thing to see on a screen. It is
1: though because it looks real. It's like when he, I did, guess. His own, he did was doing those his own crazy plane stunts in the last um, Top Gun, like, and his cheeks are moving. And yeah, like, I, know, I know. It feels real. That's true. And but, whereas like when they're on the you now, I love the callback to the first film, and I enjoy them. Always enjoy people fighting on the top of trains, but like that doesn't feel real. Yeah, that wasn't you
0: know? as good. Yeah. But what was really good, and I think was the most exciting scene in this movie was the final train falling off the cliff. Incredible. uh, Brilliantly done. It felt like the video game Uncharted to me. Um, But it looked I thought this is, the CG work in this and the fake screens were very well blended. Like I thought they looked very believable. I love how it was all storyboarded and thought out. Like suddenly they're in a dining cart. The, The challenge is now the floor is slippy and there's like food coming up for you and now the gas like the escalating state this gas and it and,
1: and, and it's like going to explode
0: to chips now there's a piano i'm like this just brilliant that was loved
1: incredible it. but Thrilling. my biggest biggest issue with this film is so everything from when the plane crashed onwards was phenomenal right absolutely loved crash? it sorry everything from the train oh, crash yeah. onwards was phenomenal but where the film lacked like i know they're setting up the macguffin of okay in the next movie they're going in the submarine I actually don't mind setting up the summary for the next film. But what they didn't do was set up the big heist, which is the train sequence in this film. They actually didn't set it up properly. They just said, "Okay, Haley Atwell, you're gonna wear
0: a mask, and I'm gonna go gonna on a, wear a mask. train in a parachute." And then yeah, they it cut wasn't to, complex enough. No,
1: and yeah. then it just cut to a visual of the blonde woman and her like manservant lying down. But they were never like, "Haley Atwell, how are you gonna, how are you gonna knock them out?" How are you going to get here? How are you going to go there? What bank teaches you?
0: No, sorry. Can I interrupt for a second, though? I think the movie addresses that th- th- because Benji has a line where she asks some of these questions and he goes, trust me, it, it, it doesn't work to go into the details. But, but <laughs> Which why I though? kind of thought was funny. But,
1: but that's not what we want. Like When I think back to the Mission Impossible and it might have been two or three ones ago, for example, where he would to go underwater and like we oh, knew every brilliant. beat yeah. of that plan. Or like the one where... I can't remember which one again I don't know which ones they are but like where there's the one where they have to walk through this machine and there's like a gate analysis
0: that was the same one actually like it's in Rogue Nation so
1: when they and, and really thinking back to the Top Gun movie last summer so like when things are going right or wrong we always know where we're at with the plan yeah whereas this was just like a smash and grab they kept being like Ethan has to get on the train Ethan has to get on the train I actually didn't understand Why Ethan had to get on the train Yeah couldn't she have
0: just got off
1: Yeah But I I guess,
0: I guess she was What I liked about the movie Is she's green She doesn't really want And she's reluctant And she doesn't really have the expertise She's a brilliant thief But she can't really jump off a plane In a parachute right I think that's what they're getting at there She doesn't have the experience. But
1: why did it all have to take place on the train, though? Like, none of it was set up... that's where the
0: meat was happening.
1: Yeah, but none of it was set up enough for me, because, like, right at the very beginning, it seemed really foolish. Like, Ethan had half of this really important key, right? And he's like, "Oh, you're meeting a buyer who most likely has the other half, so therefore we're going to give that buyer the real half of the key and then follow them. I was like, that's really flawed, because if by merging these two keys, someone can control the entity... Shouldn't Ethan's mission have just been to destroy the key? And that's where the film actually lost me at no, the very beginning. Because, no,
0: because Ethan now now Ethan doesn't know what the key does. So maybe my my argument here is flawed. But the, Gabriel's mission is to destroy the key. Get them. Um, Ethan's mission is to use the key to destroy the
1: entity. That's what. The well, we key only is. found that out at the end. Though. Yeah, I know, I know. At the very end, they were like, "Whoever has this key can destroy the yeah, source right. code so of why, the entity." Yeah, right. So why? But
0: what, you're right. Why wouldn't Ethan, with the knowledge he has? destroy the key he's trying to keep it out of the yeah. hands of people
1: you yeah. don't say like I I'll give the MacGuffin to the baddie and then follow the baddie and presume I can find out where they're going Ethan's with Ethan's
0: goal is to find out what the key opens so is I think thought? yes it is because I
1: thought his goal was to get both keys like at, no, at the no, no. his
0: goal is to find out that's what he says at the beginning when they're in the airport he says to Benji I um we could just obtain both keys but, but that wouldn't be useful because we wouldn't know what they are for that's only the first part of it. We need to give the keys in, so we trail the guy on the plane to find out what it what it opens.
1: But I think with the fact that we're having this conversation shows like fundamental. I I when I say I truly never understood the mission of this film, other than that they had to get on a train and like find it. Like I I was never like I know what they're trying to do. I know what the mission is. I'm on board with understanding it. While I enjoyed all the set pieces, I I didn't have that feeling of like. It's been signposted for me I know what's happening I know what they're trying to achieve I just never had that feeling
0: Well I I, I had that feeling I understood what they were doing What they had to achieve But I think to your point Originally It wasn't particularly complex or interesting Which this show This movie this movie series often does
1: Yeah
0: It was just kind of like Oh, it's just like, you're going to wear a mask And I'm going to get on the train And then we're going to leave the train
1: Yeah, which is fine too Yeah. But then don't be like, at the end And now we have a whole other movie, bye I know, right?
0: <laughs> and then it's like, and we were, like That's what we were alluding to at the beginning of this uh, podcast episode Was that the opening of the, the, the Russian submarine Where we, you know, you see the complex computer You see the key in action This sort of circular chamber We were whispering to each other, like Oh like they're gonna break in there. That's obviously we can't. I can't wait to see them break in there. Um, and then we started like our minds were spiraling. We were like, "Wait, this is the heist. One of them is Tom Cruise. He's wearing a mask." <laughs> we had this whole thing which just didn't plan out. But but yeah, this movie doesn't pay any of that off because no. it's gonna happen in the next movie. And, and that's, that's what not I mean. Like,
1: if I'm like a casual moviegoer who likes a Tom Cruise movie, and whenever this next film comes out, and I don't know when it is, oh, I'm gonna go see that movie. Oh, it's a part two Oh, I never saw it. Part one Never mind I'll just go to something else
0: But at least This movie advertised What it was saying Going to be on the tin And I think We heard a lot of groans As we said When the credits rolled On Across the Spider-Verse And now Everyone is saying The the insider word Is that movie Is no way Going to hit its deadline For April next year And I don't know About this movie It's probably in the can
1: I think it though Fundamentally more acceptable For a comic book movie Because inherently How comic books have always been consumed as like in a serialized way. Yeah. And we come to expect at this point that with any it's just the way comic book movies are made now. They're not like standalone movies anymore. They always have crossover fans, they always have plots crossing over like inherently I'm okay with a comic book movie not having a proper ending. Okay. I am not okay with a Fast and the Furious movie or a Mission Impossible movie not having a proper ending. Of
0: the three, of the three, I think across the Spider-Verse does feel like the first half of a big movie. Yeah, It does, because it had two, not to get into the details, but it had two huge act ones. Like, act two of Across the Spider-Verse doesn't begin until an hour and a half in, basically. So it really does feel like (coughs) half of a really long movie. Fast X and this movie felt like, with a few minor tweaks, they could just be their their own movie. Yeah. Like it does not neither of them really need to be two parts.
1: And it annoys me because Fast X and Mission Possible, they're such big ten pole franchises, they're kind of franchises that get people into cinemas and like that's just like box offices are dying everywhere. Do it right, man! get bums on seats for all your films don't mess around with the formula right like you're like our last bloody savior at this point of cinema which is tragic of big getting pe- bums in seats like getting people buying concessions in cinemas all the things you need to do to keep cinemas running so it's just
0: a, it's just a weird trend in hollywood right yeah. now we got three movies that are part ones and two of them have the same set piece
1: in rome it's like how do they, they all just copy each other at yeah. all? or i was like what's happening really weird that whole thing now, did and you also, sorry,
0: before before we move on, the um the other movie that I think this one showed up, I think it showed up Fast X as an action movie. Um, I think it showed up Indiana Jones big time. Yeah. Another big train sequence, and that one that train sequence really was just that one in Indiana Jones was not a patch on what we got here.
1: No. I think Christopher McQuarr- Christopher McQuarrie, by my measure, is like the best living action director.
0: Yes, although I'll throw another movie into the mix, which we saw this year, is John Wick 4, which I don't think...
1: You say we, I did not Sorry, I
0: saw this, uh, <clears throat> which is interesting in that I think, as a whole, Mission the Mission Impossible and the Mission Impossible series are far more well-rounded action movies, and they have more interesting plots and characters, and John Wick 4, <laughs> John Wick and the John Wick series is just absurd, ridiculous plots and settings, But the individual like Hand to hand Focused action scenes In John Wick Do exceed those Of the Mission Impossible Yeah
1: but the the train sequence Nothing exceeds that
0: No no As a big But that's a different Opposite proposition That's competing more With Indiana Jones And beating that Than a John Wick movie
1: Well yeah but remember The fight sequence between Was it Henry Cavill And Tom Cruise A couple of movies ago That
0: one uh, rivals the John Wick yeah. movie I watched that on YouTube Again yesterday And it is better Than the fight sequences In this movie The one down the alley I think um, With um, Palm Clementif, I thought Really ambitious To do it Like at, uh, an action scene In literally A yeah. one person Wide alley But Wasn't
1: particularly interesting What about when it's like the algorithm says you spared her life, and now my whole mission has failed. So stupid! So stupid! Who cares? And then, right, so she's dying, right? She got an arrow on her she's chest, like, and then she. My name is Paris. I speak French. But she's dying. Ah, voila. She's dying. She's got a puncture wound in her chest from, like, whatever, and yet she she's is able the
0: to lift a grown man.
1: Arm strength. She's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a yeah. small woman, is all. Well, like, she's the arm strength to not only lift Tom Cruise but also he's holding on to Haley Atwell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs>
1: Now, uh, just for... I want to make a reference point here. Tom Cruise is 61. Yeah,
0: incredible. Although...
1: That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, go on, go on. Tom Cruise is 61. Haley Atwell?
0: Oh, good question. I would 41. say... 41. Yeah, I was going to say 40-something.
1: And Rebecca Ferguson, I googled she 39. Looked, sorry, Hayley
0: Atwell looks incredible in this movie. She oh, yeah. She's so gorgeous.
1: Yeah, she looks incredible, but that's not, again, the point I'm making.
0: Okay, what? sorry. I don't know what we were just... Saying how beautiful
1: she is Why is he casting Why are all the women So much younger than him Who was his wife Remember She's around that age as well uh, Yes
0: Michelle uh, Michelle Mich- Monaghan He's
1: yeah. also got a type Because Michelle Monaghan Katie Holmes And Hayley um, Atwell Are <laughs> you mixing the real world With no. fictional world I'm saying those three women could be triplets
0: Okay, yeah, okay, fair Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah Um, And there was rumoured And I'm presuming false planted uh, uh, Rumours that Hayley Atwell and Tom Cruise Were dating for this movie For like publicity stunt That's all a bit weird And that's when we're getting into The kind of weird Tom Cruise stuff Get a woman your own age, Tom
0: Yeah, now to be fair The movie didn't present too much of a romantic thing with
1: with um, no because we've pointed out Tom Cruise is 100% asexual in movies <laughs> yeah,
0: let's not get into that yeah <laughs> but yeah Please. I agree and, well that was that was we, we spoke about this on our top one review but we were both like surprised that there was a sex scene in that movie because he is largely asexual
1: yeah right. Anyway, right. anyway I just wanted to point that out about the age gap and yes <laughs> we're it gonna is wrap this up. It is phenomenal what Tom Cruise is doing at his age stud voice I hope he never stops
0: he won't He said He said Because Tom Cruise has been on the On the press circuit He's been very vocal uh, About all the Hollywood movies Out at the moment I love that he's going to Barbie and Oppenheimer he, He's saying he had a great time In Indiana Jones He said uh, that He hopes He'll still doing. He intends to still be doing it When he's 81 Like oh Harrison Ford love Like it. he was praising Harrison Ford
1: But you uh, know what I love though I actually love Tom Cruise's Dedication to cinema Like yes, like
0: It's admirable
1: It's like the the definition of star power Like you do need celebrities like that to come out You need your Margot Robbie's coming out uh, for Barbie Like you actually have to have big stars That like drive films And who are interested in Like Margot Robbie's at, Similar to Tom Cruise Like she's heavily involved in Barbie as a producer She's been involved in the development of it You need the actors of the buy-in And the desire to promote them And that's what makes people see them
0: And I'll throw in another person uh, Christopher Nolan uh, Also He's in this mix The three of them This summer they do feel like they could because it's been a really dismal box office yeah. summer, um, besides a few exceptions like the, the like huge tanking, The Flash, Indiana Jones didn't do well. Like so, like these three movies are basically <laughs> the, the Hollywood's saviors. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, you're right. Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie, and Christopher Nolan Margot have Robbie. been consistently. I, I wouldn't really put Margot Robbie in that. I, I would say the three of them for years have been vocally trying to. Oh yeah Save cinema And get people into cinema To the point where Christopher Nolan Walked away from Warner Brothers Because of Their uh, HBO Max um, Offering
1: Yeah Which I love And actually the first film We ever saw after the pandemic In the cinema was Tenet Because he insisted on releasing it But Margot Robbie This summer is out there Putting her money where her mouth is Yeah Yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. But yeah no Definitely this summer It's It's Margot Robbie out there On the red carpet On the pink carpet Like getting bums and seats with next next to Tom Cruise and Christopher Nolan I think really these are these are like These are our saviors of cinema The four horsemen of this of the <laughs> of the cinematic reimagining or whatever
1: Anyway though I am disappointed and I was so excited probably for the last month to see this movie And I now just know I'm not going to be that excited for the next one
0: I know, yeah, it is just... I think there, it's a little disappointing, this movie, unfortunately. Um, but still, glad I saw it, had a great time. Yeah, It's a great cinema And it's trip. only
1: disappointing within its own incredibly high standard of the last one. Exactly. Yeah, Better than in almost any other movie like in the cinema this year, definitely in terms of action-wise. And let us know what you thought about the movie. Hopefully you enjoyed the ending a bit more than we did, um, and enjoyed all the set pieces. And come over to... The Cinemile on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd and chat, or head over to patreon.com forward slash The Cinemile where we're talking about loads of TV this month. What are we talking about, Dave?
0: Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we've finished Silo also with Rebecca Ferguson, so we're gonna be, uh, by the time you hear this, actually, there's gonna be an episode up um, about our full season one spoilers of Silo, and we're also gonna do a, a sort of, week, all the roundup of all the stuff we've been watching, including, and just like that, uh, Poker Face. Um, What else? Glamorous Loads of stuff
1: Glamorous Glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) The direct competitor to a Durin, just like that And more Okay bye Bye